And then for hundreds of years, millions of genius people created and built this worldview that is the scientific worldview that we have now. And it's super, super, super fucking complex, but we did it. Yes, yes. And it's, it's not quite Absolutely. finished, but we've really done a good job. And, it, and everyone, most people can agree on the majority of the basics of it. Absolutely. And I think we need to do that for psychology. And we're relatively still in our infancy. We now bring you Enter the Freud. Warning. This is for entertainment purposes only. It is no way medical advice. Listen at your own risk. Perhaps we should just try to figure out what the fuck is going on with psychology today. How did we get here? And then does anyone have a good plan for what we're going to do next? Right? Totally. Yep. So check, so check it out. This is how I'm going to start, right? On Tuesday... Uh, let me find this for you. On Tuesday, uh, the United States Preventative Service Task Force decided that they're, they're petitioning to have every adult in America screened for anxiety and depression. Dude, I saw that this morning and I didn't, I didn't have time to read it, but I was like, whoa, whoa, what? Yes, dude. So, because the, they're predicting that as a result of the peak of COVID's bizarreness, 30% of America has an anxiety and depressive disorder. Yeah. 30%, right? Yeah. And so then I, I was like, wait a second, how many people are in America? And then, I, and then I quickly started to figure this out. I just wanted to see, okay, suppose we do find out that 30% of America has an anxiety or, or depressive disorder, and then how much is it gonna cost to treat this? Yeah. And I just, this, like really, if we're gonna have a thought like this, if you're gonna say something like this, you better be serious about that, right? So I very quickly calculate, okay, third of America is like 67 million people, I think. Uh, no, dude, America, well, I don't know if they're just talking about adults or all people, but I think America has somewhere about 330 million people. Let so me, if it's a third of all of America, we're kind of talking more like a hundred million people. Let me see what did my. How did I, maybe it's just a third of adults. A, th a third of adults. Uh, then, then I bet your that your number is right. But if it's a third of America, and I bet it is a third of America, because everyone's talking about kids having anxiety up the wazoo these days. Yeah, that was the first one. Well, so so here's what I tried to calculate, right? Um, if you treat that, if you, if you give everyone 20 sessions of therapy at approximately yep. $160 a session, right? Which could be going right, depending on where you, where you're at. Well, that's going to cost in one, if you do this in one year, cause I tried to figure yep. out if you, if you keep a, a therapist schedule full for one year and you, you do that, it's going to cost $243 billion, right? <laughs> Which is, it's, it's only 1.5 of America's GDP, right? Um, I don't really know where all this money goes, but it, it's, it's just over 1% of the GDP, but it's actually half of, um, well, mm, maybe it's a quarter of the defense spending right and uh -huh. so 
So that's just, that's, that's one issue is, okay, this, where are we going to get the money to do this? And then the next dilemma is, where are we going to get all these doctors to treat these people? Yeah, good question. Uh, did you look, research how many therapists there are in America? Well, first of all, let me tell you how many we're going to need to do this. <laughs> 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 if you're going to treat a third of these adults yeah. in one year, yeah, because we're we're going to have. I'm giving I'm giving a therapist a one year window to fit as many yeah. people in as they can. Right? Yeah, yeah. We need 760,000 treatment providers. There. Yeah, yeah. Right? right? But so the dilemma is there's only currently 100,000 licensed psychologists in oh. the country. Right? And so, I mean, for this to be standardized in any way, as you know, the range of... of of orientations to treatment is so bizarre from from primal scream therapy to dance therapy cognitive behavioral therapy Jungian analysis those are just like a touch on the 500 versions it's, it's endless and even if you just just look at the dance therapists what each one do is doing is widely variant yeah so I, 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 I there's one therapist local here in Minneapolis who she gets all of her patients, you know, your typical therapist has all these different patients and every therapist I've ever met in my life assumes that you keep all your patients separate and they can't know each other for confidentiality. This lady, every couple months, she hosts like a bonfire, tries to get them all to do psychedelics and then she dances her dance and tries to get them all to dance together. That's her therapeutic approach. So <laughs> just, just an example of how diverse the treatment approaches are out there. <laughs> Dude, that lady, that lady is amazing. I, yeah. I, how that, like, like people end up being very afraid of the licensing boards for their various little infractions. And then there's people out there doing crazy shit like Ralph Metzner. You remember him from back in grad school? I do remember him, yeah. Yeah, he he intentionally turned in his license so that he could then take groups of students down to the Amazon to take psychedelics. Totally. Like, it, it, I, I took a class with him one time and he walks in with a safari hat with one side up and like a vest, like he's going in, like he just walked in from South Africa. I never saw him. I just heard the crazy stories about it. And honestly, dude, all that crazy stuff is cool. Like, I think people should be exploring because like, you know, it's, this is like, I sort of think psychology is like the next frontier and like we need all, we need everyone doing all kinds of crazy different things to explore. Unfortunately, some of the explorations go badly, but like yeah. that's part of exploring, you know. All right, so so now that we've established that we, even if we somehow allocate the appropriate funds to tr to identify and then treat this real serious problem, right? Yep. Well, then we don't have enough competent um, people to do it. So. No. For it, sure. In the last four or five years, several companies came out trying to scale this, like BetterHelp, right? Yep. 
they they came up with this kind of idea that you would have an app that you could you could use to log in it would give you some helpful things you would have brief meetings with a therapist and then it was somehow way more affordable to the person the problem is that it turned out to be a huge controversy right and part of part of what happened was they used podcasts and influencers to they, they spent basically 8 million dollars a month advertising on pods youtube and that but i was amazed at how often i would see those advertisements it, it was just like every which way i would see advertise i think i still i still am seeing advertisements i think it's for better help maybe it's for some other one but so here and it it just crossed a bunch of boundaries where they had a bunch of celebrities announcing that they use this and it's really helping them mm -hmm. um psychologists are not allowed to bribe their patients to then say give reviews like that's right. explicitly stated yeah yeah and and so these guys completely broke the rules they have all kinds of paid people announcing oh yeah yeah this is wonderful but then the experience if you had any patients who have already used this and then come in and said like wow this really was a big letdown like it it actually did not help and and but i listen i am sure it's helped somebody but here's here's another strange phenomenon with in the in the attempt to scale this to to deal with the problem which is i assume that's what they were doing right you see this that that there's all these people that can't be treated and so someone came up with a great idea let's make this app do 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 and then they get i don't know how much venture capital to do this the advertising because they also dominated google ads and um so if if you type in any kind of search for anxiety depression boom they're on first right their advertisement comes up first and so i don't know how much they've spent in the past 4 years promoting this company it's it's got to yeah. be like half a billion dollars maybe 2 billion dollars yeah that's how much they've spent but then as a they've only treated 2 million people oh really is that the stats that's the stats they have only wow. treated in 4 years they've only treated 2 million people and it's yeah, like yeah and, and and probably pretty crappy treatment that wasn't that effective in most cases i don't know like i've only heard the bad stories i've never had anyone come in and say oh yeah yeah it was great worked great i loved it i use it as a thing i have my in my clinic i i'm i'm not it's a not a big clinic but it's way bigger than you know most therapists just sort of work by themselves so my clinic is huge compared to your average therapist and i do all the like front door triage so all the new clients contact me and i get i've had quite a few people say yeah i've tried some of those online better help kind of things and they suck so i actually need to get like real therapy from a real person i get that fairly often yeah right that and so we kind of run into a problem with what once again i just am trying to sum up like hey where are we in the world of psychology and psychiatric yep. distress in the in yep. in society where are totally. we and then yep. and so i'm trying to frame it in this way yep. and i'm sorry i picked on better help but fuck it like they 
that they're just already an a well-known um oh i don't know what it's called like uh controversy it's already well-known controversy yeah. like I, i'm this isn't yeah. original what i'm saying like yeah. um so then i guess uh, um if we're going to then try to figure out what are the other novel kinds of therapies that potentially have come up let's just like say within the past year or or just during covid like what else are you aware of that's on that's that's like a frontier um treatment um you think of it because i the first one i thought of was i think this is coming out just like this week there's a there's a treatment for um adhd that is a, an fda approved video game oh wow i have not heard of that that's fascinating yeah it's coming out like this week and it's it's at this is also in reaction to something weird that happened during covid when i don't know if you saw those TikTok ads for um for ritalin and adderall did you see that mm -mm. no yeah there was there were companies just like there, I remember the ad specifically saying, get your ADHD medication here. And you could literally just go in, take a little screening, and then boom, you're diagnosed with ADHD. And then your online pharmacy sends you the drugs. And so. Wow, I did not hear that. Yeah, and they, they got sanctioned and shut down, of course, because oh. it was just like the, the telemedicine window is what allowed this to happen right yep totally the telemedicine window created this 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 opportunity for anyone who wants a performance enhancing drug can call up these people fill out the questionnaire the questionnaire is uh, i don't know if you've ever given those adhd ones but it post it pops everyone positive particularly yep. particularly if you're going in there trying to say that yep. that you have it um yep. and so then, weirdly, as a result of that, I, I have no idea how many how many prescriptions went out. They then came up with a, a fucking video game that somehow has a positive impact. I guess if you're 8 to 12 years old, that's mm -hmm. the population that is positively impacted. And I, and I would love to check this out a little more to find out positively impacted by which symptom of ADHD yeah because it's ADHD is is massive in the way that it it has varied symptoms that yep. people think oh it's an ability to sustain attention while focusing that's what they think it is yeah but there's a yeah. huge emotional component massive like it, oh totally I th I think that that whole that just the term ADHD which is attention deficit hyperactive disorder well but i'm focusing on disorder suggests that it's a disorder in the way that like strep throat or um down syndrome or uh kidney disorder is it, it it makes it seem like it's this sickness it's this disease that's a specific thing which is total bullshit it's so diverse 
people have a totally different thing. Sometimes it's emotional, sometimes it's trauma. Maybe sometimes it is actually like a more genetic brain-based thing, I don't know. But uh, I more think it's like either humans, we didn't evolve to sit in front of a computer all day, either that super obvious one, or it's like um, you have emotional, kind of angsty stuff going on and it's your, it's, it's, it's a unconscious reflex of just like trying to kind of more be scattered and avoid the like unpleasant thing. Well, I think you're actually pointing out the, the possibility for how many disorders mimic ADHD, right? Right, totally. Like, because as we're seeing, if, if you fuck around with with apps on your iPhone, you can produce a self that looks identical in brain imaging to an actual person who has the neurological phenomenon of ADHD. Oh. So, so there, there is an actual neurological difference in someone who is genetically ADHD. And it, and it is hereditary. You can see it pass through. It's, it's one of the very few hereditary disorders um, but strangely, as you're pointing out, the world that we live in today produces people that cannot be differentiated when you look at their brain imaging. Like the, in, in a, in a blinded study, the people, the, the experts can't tell which is the actual ADHD person. Mm. Super wild, right? Yep. So, so, Super wild, but I, I don't know how we ended up down this. Oh, because of the novel treatment. Yes. Yeah, the, the novel treatment. The next one that I, I found pretty amazing is ketamine infusions. Yeah, that's, that's become really popular, man. It's so unbelievably effective for some cases. I've seen yep. it just be incredible. Um, yep. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard good things from some people, too. Yeah, and it's amazing. I can't believe that it's almost like it, what it looks like is on the horizon is psychedelic therapy. It looks oh, for sure. It, it, ketamine is, it's like the most common psychedelic therapy that's going on now. And I think it's simply because ketamine's legal because medicine has been using it as... Um, for anesthesia, I think, or yep. something for yep. a while. And so now these people are like, oh, well, since it's legal, we can use it in different ways and it's legal. And so boom, it's exploded. <laughs> but I don't think ketamine's necessarily any better than uh, psilocybin or ayahuasca or MDMA or blah, 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 blah. I just think that ketamine's legal. So boom, tons of people are using it, which is great. But I think all of the psychedelics probably can be useful in for different things and different people respond to different things. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that's going to take a while to sort out which one works for which disorder. What? Totally. Yeah. I don't really want to be a guinea pig for all of that, but like that's just the the frontier of once again dealing with 30% of the fucking population. Now, Dave, maybe you could help us out and understand how do you think we fucking got here? That, I, yeah, I think that that's the. I think that's a good question. Obviously, no one really knows, but let me kind of speculate. Here's a pet little. I think I have a couple little theories. Here's one of them. 
I kind of referred to it a little bit ago as like this new frontier. I sort of feel like humans, I'm going to kind of go back and do this long old history thing like, uh, and I'll start off not really, I'll talk about not shit, I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. But like, <laughs> let's say that like 500,000 years ago, what humans were needing to work on and figure out was like how to like make fire and they needed to figure out how to cook food over the fire and um, maybe how to, I don't know, how to like make dwellings and use the fire in the dwellings to keep themselves warm. Some super primitive like technologies and like that was like the cutting edge of human technological evolution was like figuring out how to make fire or maybe hunting methods or you know how to organize tribes and, and it was like that was the cutting edge and then let's say that um why did you go back so far in your because <laughs> like, i kind of i wanted to do a few chapters okay. and this is all bullshit but <laughs> I, what what i think is true is that there are these different chapters and and we could even go back farther we could say that you know, like two billion years ago, bacteria were figuring out how to capture the sun's rays. And some bacteria, not bacteria, but single cell organisms, um, started to invent um, photosynthesis things. And it's like, wow, we can capture sun energy. That's going to be a revolution for life on planet Earth. So it's like, I sort of feel like there's chapters that go way back. Okay, but and, so are so, you are you connecting these chapters by there's some yes kind of, there's some kind of mess. yes yes it's like so I think there's these chapters in evolution and there's the chapter when 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 cells d invented um, photosynthesis and that was this big leap in evolution for life and then now back to my five hundred thousand years ago humans really got good at using fire or whatever and that really gave us this quantum leap in evolution. And then a few hundred years ago, there was this leap in evolution where humans kind of like figured out science and electricity and mechanics. And, the, and so there was this industrial revolution that like moved everyone from having to spend all your time making fire and cooking thing to now suddenly we have refrigerators and stoves and cars and, and heating so we can live in heating, so we don't have to focus on that. Let, let, and then wait, 40 wait. years ago, let, they invented computers and the internet, and boom, that has catapulted us to the next level. Let, All right, let, what, let what, were, what were you gonna say? I just need to jump in because my question is, during these chapters, do you think 30% of the people were depressed and anxious? No, I don't. Why? Then that's my, that's because they were focused on making fucking fire and being depressed and anxious is a luxury that they couldn't afford. And, but more, I think the point I'm trying to make is more it's like, well, if I, if I try to use my stupid metaphor to answer your question, five, like in the past 10 years, everyone's always like annoyed by or preoccupied like, by like, their phone not working or their computer glitching or not having a Wi-Fi signal or their the car breaking down or their heating system is not working in their house. We're all plagued by like technological glitches and a lot of our energy is spent dealing with, oh, I gotta get a new computer because the wife, whatever. 
Like, and 500,000 years ago, did people have those problems? No, zero people ever had technological problems with their Wi-Fi 500,000 years ago because they hadn't reached the point yet. And the, the, the thing I'm trying to say is, I think that in our evolution, human psychology has like um, emerged onto the stage of human awareness in a way that uh, didn't exist before. So obviously people had psychologies before, sure. but they were like in the background. Well, here, here I'll give you a, maybe a metaphor that helps is dogs. We all know dogs because we've all like interacted with lots of dogs a lot of times. And dogs like are dogs and they do their thing. And dogs, maybe they get anxious, maybe they don't, maybe they get depressed, maybe they don't. But it's just not relevant to dogs. Dogs just like do what dogs do and they're mostly focused on eating and going for walks and sniffing everything. Like that's fucking where dog's consciousness is and depressed or anxious or well, suicidal. There are no suicidal dogs because their consciousness lives in a dog realm where suicidality is just not a thing that exists. Okay, I can agree and with my, that. I can agree my with guess that. Is, my guess is 500,000 years ago, there wasn't suicidality, just like there's not suicidality in dogs. That's my guess, I don't know, but that's my guess. That, that is the first time be, I'm kind of tracking because I was, be, I was starting to think, no, no, no. Back in the beginning of civilization, there would be a lot of anxiety about the other tribes trying to kill us, the fire going out, it's too damp, we can't... Yes, they for sure had the anxiety, just like dogs have anxiety. Usually when dogs start barking, it's like because they're scared or anxious about something. So they do have it, but it's not in the way of like an anxiety disorder where they're plagued. 24-7 for years and maybe their whole life by some vague anxiety thing. Dogs don't have that. And my, okay. my hypothesis is humans 500,000 years ago didn't have that. And even humans 500 years ago didn't have that. So my hypothesis is because of these quantum leaps in evolutionary focus, at some point in the 20th century, we all sort of had our basic like Maslow hierarchy of needs were met enough that now we can start moving up to being concerned at this level. And this level is like the, in, the weird fucking interior of the human psychology and like what's the meaning in life and what's my identity and how do I need, how do I want to express myself and what is my aesthetic for my fashion and what is all of these subtle things are now super important to us it's like porn what's your style and what's your self-expression and what kind of what kind of restaurant do you want to go to or what type of shoes you know do you wear that shit is is super important to humans right now and it wasn't important to any humans ever before recently and so my, 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 this, this theory is that like this new realm of human subjectivity has like bubbled up and is now increasingly becoming center stage. And it's a whole, just like 500 years ago, the world of science became a whole new fucking world that everyone slowly got more and more fascinated with. But now we've kind of 
been there, done that. I think psychology is now bubbled up and emerging and we're all going into it and it's like, whoa, fuck. And so it's like the, it's like the new frontier. Why is it, in, if we're following this, this story of yours, why is it that once everyone starts to have the luxury to get into this interior world and, and question and, and explore and dream of who they want to be in this world, why is it causing so many people to fucking wig out? Um, why, because why isn't it making be, everyone just thrilled? And then it, it's some utopian thing. Like when, when we see movies in the future and everyone has plastic suits that are specially tied into their hair and like, like, why isn't it like that? What, why is it causing, like, what the fuck is this? I, I think because it's like, the, in the new frontier, when you go into a new frontier, you start discovering really cool, amazing, rich, complex, fascinating journeys, but you also discover problems. And it's, so it's like this problem has sort of like emerged into our awareness. And kind of like this theory that dogs were anxious and humans 500,000 years ago were anxious, which I do think they were anxious, but it was just like kind of irrelevant because they have other things to focus on. Whereas now, like, that sort of potential for anxiety that has always been there, now we have to fucking deal with it. And we can't just, like, put it into the closet anymore. Now it's more like coming out of the closet, and now we're like, all right, now we got to fucking deal with it. So, Dave, then I think what you're saying is that people's anxiety and depression is not actually related to the fact that we're constantly at war. The economy is collapsing. There's, there's pandemic, there's um, I, I, all types of insecurities, social unrest, division in, in massive um, political social division. Like that would be the, those things are the equivalent of the neighboring tribe is coming to kill us. The, there's not enough heat. Like, like right now. Yeah, it's true. Yep, yep, Russia's yep, cutting yep. off the fucking, the, the pipeline to Germany and it's, it's about to yep. freeze over there, right? And it's like, yep, yep. those things would cause you essential anxieties, but yep. they are temporary compared to this more elusive, is, is that what you're pointing out? I, well, I do agree with what you're saying and, and essentially a simple way of saying it is, uh, 500 years ago, if Russia was cutting off the pipeline of natural gas to Europe, I wouldn't give a fuck and I don't have the lug. I wouldn't know about it. I don't care about it. It doesn't immediately affect me. I, it's just like irrelevant to me. Whereas unless you're now, German. Right, unless you're German. But whereas now, I can be aware of everything and I have the luxury to sit around and worry about everything. Because actually, I don't have any immediate worries because my food and shelter is totally taken care of. I never, ever, ever have to worry about food and shelter, ever. I never have in my life. I never will. So now, I, so now my focus and worry is moving up to this more vague thing that actually I'm totally not in control of. Well, so weird. What, like, as soon as you said it moves up and then you just, you, you casually say, and I'm not in control of, like, what? I, I really, I, I'm starting to see what you're saying, that there's, like, it's almost like it's it's profoundly disconnected in a way. But when we say it's disconnected, what are we talking about? We're talking about the self-experience? 
the experience of the of being conscious is then somewhat like sucked away and disconnected it, like yeah I, we... I, well here's I, i'm not exactly sure but here what you're saying is making me think of this it, uh 500 years ago i wake up in the morning i'm hungry that's my only fucking problem i'm hungry or i'm cold or both so i build a fire or i go get gather nuts and eat some worms right and so my stress i can immediately go and work on it and I do, and I keep working on it either until I fix it or until I die. And it's super simple. Whereas today, I wake up, I don't have to worry about anything that's immediately relevant. So I worry about these vague things that I'm powerless over. And thus, I don't have anything immediately or tangible to do to tackle my concerns. What, are, okay. So it seems, are, are it, that you, seems like it's a problem for humans. Are you saying that if you then spend your time obsessing over or or just let's say you you casually breeze through the headlines and and you you notice that oh wow in, in this past year um roe versus way gets gets overturned then there's like um all kinds of constant discussions about um what what illegal things Trump may have done or might do to steal the election in the future. And on and on and on goes this, this kind of promoting insecurity, promoting a, an experience of this is, it's out of your control. And do, is there a way to live in this world without having this happen? Or is this just part of life today? Are we all going to have anxiety and depression based on how this works yeah well good question i do kind of think anxiety is sort of like a human condition and probably everyone has it i do kind of think that but i don't think it's because what you just said i think some people get preoccupied like fixated on and preoccupied by whatever various current events, socio-political shit is going on, and they're stressed out and anxious about it, and some people don't. And the difference between those two people is really important, and probably everyone needs to f learn what the non-anxious people do to cope with life in, this day, in, the, in the modern news age where I can find shit to stress me out every day if I want. And, but some people don't, like I don't really get stressed about that stuff. That, it, doesn't, it stresses me much less I see than other people. And I'm not exactly sure why, but that seems to be something that everyone should probably learn how to do. Um, but, you, but then I answered a different question. Are humans just inevitably anxious? I kind of do think yes, they are, even without any of this fucking uh, current events stress. Why? Why would that be what's happening to us? Why, and why isn't it going the other way? And, it, and like, I wonder, is it possible that, like, I don't, I, I'm not, like, if we had to daydream a world that would somehow go the other way, where there would just be, like, massive amounts of cooperation, massive, like, a, like a, a global feeling of, of, like, participation and, and caring for those who who need caring and this like an abundance 
like, mm-hmm. but this, this, like, we're drifting into Ken Wilber's idea of his his last stage of consciousness, which is like the universal type where yep. you lose. Like, I think I think unfortunately we're in a territory where Ken already broke this down. He's like most people live in this in this just black and white you against me type of consciousness and then this this like idea if i'm trying to dream of a world where we somehow have most people feeling well most people <laughs> imagine that most people feel well they feel like oh yeah when, when i work hard it does great things and mm-hmm. and and we have we have this like place where we play and it's like there's there's enough um opportunity to to uh facilitate your artistic whatever that drive is right yeah like there's there's just several drives that human beings have or 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 several several fundamental pathways and it's more than food and shelter right yeah there yeah there's there's a couple more that Maslow didn't quite, um, he, he, didn't, he didn't quite spell it out well enough. He didn't specify it, but he implied it. In the pyramid, he implied it, because, you know, there's food and shelter and emotional connection needs, and then the only term I can think of is the self-actualization. But that's, that's right. that starts to be this category of stuff, as my creative needs or aesthetic needs or sexual self-expression or whatever the hell it is, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, but yeah, when you bring Ken Wilber into this, that's kind of interesting. Um, and this weird thought occurred to me is like, okay, so, so there's this sort of like paradise commune where humans are like frolicking in the valleys and flowers and we're just eating and sharing and nobody's stressed and we're just living a really fulfilled, connected, warm, loving life. We all want to believe that that's possible and we all hopefully are trying to move towards it. Um, I, I, I don't want to be so cynical as to say bullshit that's not possible, but I'm not super optimistic either. <laughs> but here, here's the weird question is, isn't that, didn't nature live in that world mostly for like a billion years before human consciousness came? Which world? This kind of ideal come just like lovely just like imagine planet earth with no humans on it and the bunnies are hopping through the field of flowers and yeah occasionally a fox come and kills the bunny but the bunny by and large has a lovely life except for the like seven seconds that it's in the fox's jaws and the true well even forget about um, animals just like think of the trees just blowing in the wind and the ocean and the mountains and the butterflies flying around and I don't didn't life sort of live in that idealistic world for a long long time I don't know that is such an amazing like weird way to look back and and of course we have to imagine that instead of like what you and I are, are speculating wildly into, look at what's going on today. And then yep. we're, we're kind of like doing this thing that I hate that everyone does when you abuse statistics and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it turns out 
30% of Americans have this problem. Well, there's way more of them who have much more serious problems with their obesity and all other kinds of like serious lifestyle problems. But it all contributes to this. And then when we say like, all right, well, okay. It's almost like, like I, I think of the Tesla's project of coming up with the, with the self-driving car, right? Well, it's everyone speculates like, how far out do you think that is? How far out? They're like, oh, next year, man. Oh, and other people think 10 years, 20 years, whatever, right? Well, in the same way, I'm wondering how far out do you think this new level of, of human cooperation in this way? But, but once again, you did make reference to the bunnies, the, the foxes have to eat the bunnies. And so. Well, that, it, yeah, I think that life, I, I doubt it's ever going to get to a point where life doesn't depend on killing some other life to eat it. So there's always going to be suffering. But maybe before humans existed at all, or maybe before humans became self conscious, maybe life was in a paradise state. And maybe for hundreds of millions or billions of years, it was just beauty cooperation and just living in the present moment and the and earth was beautiful right maybe that happened and then humans became self-conscious and eventually we started getting really anxious and pretty soon a third of us are anxious and now we're all fucking suffering and everyone's miserable <laughs> Dude, why and then why the, did it make you laugh why is that i don't make, know <laughs> i don't know i don't know why yeah. that's funny yeah, why is that funny? It fucking is. Well, it's just because it's it's preposterous. It it's so fucking huge that it's it's preposterous. And we are all in denial of it. I think that's why it's funny. Like you just you say it as <laughs> as a fact and it's like everyone is pretending that they're cool, they're not freaking out, they're not like you see everyone just drives past each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, they all, we all got our game face on. Like, no one is just, like, running around except at protests where that's the only time you're allowed to literally shriek and have a meltdown. <laughs> like, that's the only time you're allowed to. Otherwise, we have this neatly wrapped up. And we're, right. <laughs> but, but the amount of internal distress and chaos is totally. fucking mounting. It's like totally. Okay. Okay. Hold on. But let me continue my narrative. Okay. So before humans existed, there was just like every life form was just like in the present moment of like enlightenment. Yeah. Humans come, we fuck it all up. We're all fucking suffering and fucked up and eating too much and angry at the next guy and starting wars and self cutting we take a razor blade and we cut ourselves. You know, the trees and the bunnies never did that. Um, okay, but then this question you kind of posed and brought in Kel Weber is like, are we, gonna, are we stuck in this or can we transcend it? If we look forward into the future, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think there's only three possibilities. One is that we sort of kill ourselves off and humans die, in which case planet Earth will go back to its really nice place before, right? So we, we sort of just emerged to this, this experiment and it failed and then we go back to the bunnies hopping around nicely. So either that or we transcend it and we become these like enlightened beings and now we're fro frolicking around like the bunnies in a Ken Wilber 
um, transcendent, enlightened humans all have sort of like evolved up and reached transcendent enlightenment. So it's probably either one of those other, or we could, we could pick the middle ground, which seems unlikely, but we should at least say it is we continue on in this miserable condition sort of forever. <laughs> and, and we don't kill ourselves off, but we also never transcend it. So we just remain miserable and pissed off that that guy cut us off in traffic fucking forever. Which <laughs> it would mean almost like, like I, imagine the, I imagine what life was like in the Middle Ages, right? When you're a serf, and you're just like your 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 life is just some scroungy existence, and there's some kind of feudal lord, and then they just like do whatever to you. You're just some kind of like subject, and like in a way, I think people are having a a somehow bizarrely similar experience, even though they, it's not so obvious that they they're. There is no feudal lord. There, but there, there is this weird, almost like a, a structure that we all live and believe in. And that structure then puts you, it puts all of us in this kind of compromised state. And, and this is just, yeah. but this is like, if we were to look at, at psychology and society as, the, as a frame and a structure, we were to say like, how is this the air and the words we speak and the and the every everything that we see? How is that the the fabric of depression? Because when you when you see someone truly depressed, it's impossible to point to why they're depressed, right? If you can, if you can point, my job sucks, my parents are horrible, my friends are awful to me, and when I post stuff on on Facebook, no one likes it. And you're like, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah, your your life fucking sucks, dude. That's not depression. You actually have a shitty life, right? That's not depression. And in this other way, it's like it it, it this whole framework is is part of uh, I feel like I'm going to have like one of those like peak experiences in a second and I'm just going to like blank out and no longer be able to speak cuz I can almost see how I can almost see how it would work. And when I say it would work, I mean like, like this. Oh, I, it, that was weird. I, it's like, I almost don't want to want to finish this thought. It's like, I, if I feel like I'm going to wig out. Jesus. Well, you, you're, you're, you were starting to resonate on a different, higher level of vibration that was going to fucking like, break your computer in here because that fucking computer is not used to resonating at that level of vibration i i really did have like one of those things where i think when i was younger i used to just follow it all the way through and then i would oh. have these transcendent experiences i would have hmm. that periodically and hmm. but but now i'm like oh i don't want to do that like i need i would have to be on ketamine to hmm. force me through it for some reason, I'm like avoiding. I don't really want to finish that that thought of like where this is where depression lives. Oh, right. This is where it is. It is. It's every. It is in everything. And then let's let's now reorganize to 
okay, how does this self exist if all things, all um, signals potentially lead towards you are, whatever it is that you try to do will never get you out of the bind. And then this goes into the duality of Advaita Vedanta that, that we are in Maya. This is a, this is an illusion entirely, right? Right. And I don't like being in this conversation because I find it just mildly irritating because I think I was exposed to this way too early as a kid. Oh. Right. And, and that, that whole concept of this is an illusion isn't helpful for someone who is lost in, into the fabric of depression. They almost uh. need the opposite. We almost need the opposite, right? Yeah, yeah. To, yep. to be like, oh, no, no. Here's what you can hold on to. Here's, these are signals that, that provide you a, an experience of self that is not hopeless, lost, and in need of killing itself. Right, totally. Right? I, yep. I, I, and this is disorienting for some reason, this, this part of the conversation, but I'm, I'm hanging let in there. Let me try to... Let, the, 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 what you just said, let me see if I can try to simplify and like systematize what you just said. Um, if I try to put the human kind of into different levels, there's like, bio, again, kind of Maslow-y, but there's like biological needs. Um, and then if I, let's just say biological needs and then kind of like psychological and then like spiritual, you kind of were saying that the enlightenment Ken Wilbur of Adita Vendata, <laughs> I can't say that It's word. just Advaita Vedanta, it's whatever. Advaita Vedanta. They address this thing, which is true and real and important, but they don't address this thing. And if someone's uh, depressed and suicidal or just like suffering or lonely, yep. and then you try to feed them this, it's not fucking helpful. In fact, it's even kind of counterproductive if what they need is help on this realm. Yes. Yeah, in that, in that realm. And then that's where, boom, we've just gone full circle. We're completely back, and now I'm totally coherent, right? We're back into the realm of, okay, here's the, here's the world, and here's how it functions. We're going to yep. produce, we're going to scale up with, with online resources, and then it's like, oh, fuck, we spent all the money promoting the thing instead of actually building, the, building it out properly. Mm, yeah. We needed to take the, the, the billion dollars and then pump that into a crew working on an AI system that would be able yeah. to appropriately evaluate each type of depression, come up with 16 billion types of, of data points, just like the self-driving fucking car. We need, yep. I don't know how many data points we'd need to then be able to then start to, to, to have an, a um, technologically assisted psychotherapy. Yeah, I, well, I'm, I, I, I never would have said this the first 40 years of my life, but in the past handful of years, I've become, I don't know if I've become arrogant or simple-minded or whatever but i i now sort of think that the, a lot can be done in this regard so back to my pyramid okay so 
um, bio humans figured out fire, humans figured out science, and I'm now kind of saying there's a certain realm, and, it's, and the realm I'm talking about isn't that high. It doesn't go up into spirituality or meaning in life or whatever, but it's really important. It's like how to live in this world effectively, successfully, and satisfactorily. Yeah. I think I've really learned that realm really fucking well, and I think I can answer a lot of those questions well. And I even think that I could do a pretty damn good job programming an algorithm to help people optimize their life really well. Um, and the, the place my mind goes is into parenting. It's like, and I think I have a really good sense of parenting and how to parent well yeah. and how to raise a human that's pretty fucking happy and competent and feels good about him or herself. And there is this realm kind of in the mechanics of how to be a human. Yeah, it's yeah. like psychology, relationships, emotions, how to live in this world pretty well. And I think it's super fucking important. I, I think most people are pretty fucking clueless. And I think I've semi-unknowingly spent a lot of my life trying to figure that out. And I think it's like, I think we have figured out a lot. And I do think that we should fucking more and more come to agreement on that. Because I think a lot of people really fucking have it wrong. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And I, if I try to tell them they have it wrong, they just think I'm an idiot. So I don't even bother. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, I suppose, it, in, in a way, what you describe is a form of enlightenment, right? And this is what they... what. Once you get into the spiritual realm, or, or if you live around a, a, a mystical kind of a society like India, you hear about those who have become enlightened. And then the question is like, how would you recognize them? Well, you can't because as you just pointed out, your, your small experience of enlightenment, if you then try to, try to invite someone- Share into, with others, to, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It comes off as somehow like preachy or whatever, except that I, I do think that it's possible to come up with some kind of a, 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 as you point out, maybe an algorithm, but whatever it is, it will have to be so much more complex than anything we've ever, we've ever attempted to make. Um, it's so much- well, it might be, I, I, I want to use the analogy of the scientific worldview. So um, Galileo or Kepler or Newton, these early scientific, they started to look into this world and they were like, oh, wow, there's laws of physics. There's laws of science. Yes, yes. And then for hundreds of years, millions of genius people created and built this worldview that is the scientific worldview that we have now. And it's super, super, super fucking complex, but we did it. Yes, yes. And it's, it's not quite Absolutely. finished, but we've really done a good job. And, it, and everyone, most people can agree on the majority of the basics of it. Absolutely. And I think we need to do that for psychology. And we're relatively still in our infancy. But maybe it's similarly complex as the scientific worldview, which is super complex, but it's not too complex for us to map it out. Absolutely not. But that it, it's really helpful when you start to point out this, if we're going to stay within the framework of the mechanics, right? We're going to stay in this realm that, that you're starting to articulate. I don't even think that the, higher, the, the pyramid is even a good um, structure anymore. Because mm -hmm. what you're what you're describing is is now something that that could be to some degree there 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 are lots of identifiable rules almost 
but it, mm -hmm. it, I, I don't want to call them laws, but there are relational laws. There are yes. developmental stages and laws that should be met with, with certain types of demands, pressures, and comforts. Absolutely. As, as the, the human goes along. And so then this could be absolutely institutionalized, yep. replicated, so that yep. human beings would come out just significantly more, um, I, I don't know what we would even call it. What? Well adapted to live good lives. Oh, yes, yeah. and it, and if if it was, they would, and I we need to work on that, and we got a long fucking ways to go. <laughs> hey man, that's a fucking awesome end to this to the hundredth episode, man. Fuck yeah, that was great, dude. What a journey. Yeah, dude, this is so cool. Well, um, until next time. I, I did. <laughs>